The Reflect, a podcast featuring a unique introspection in each episode. In this episode, we hear from Alwaiza Gulnar Firasta, community activist and director of programs at a community-based nonprofit serving gender and sexual minorities. In this episode, Alwaiza Gulnar examines the seeming ubiquity of cancel culture amidst the increasingly fraught and divisive socio-political environment of today. Is canceling offensive folks justified? Or is cancel culture leading to an erosion of free speech as its opponents contend? As an activist informed by spiritual practice, Gulnar finds herself contemplating, is cancel culture worth canceling? Is cancel culture worth canceling? And when is cancel culture okay? First, a bit about cancel culture for those of us who may not have heard of it. In its original Latin use, to cancel is to cross something out. And that is actually pretty close to what cancel culture is today. Cancel culture is the process of canceling out a public figure or a company when they say or do something offensive or unacceptable in the current contemporary context. It's usually done publicly through social media, so that means that sometimes anyone with a virtual presence might actually be considered a public figure. As an activist, I find myself thinking about the frequency of these instances more and more. And I also find myself wondering, how did we get so intolerant of the views we disagree with? And at the same time, I ask myself, but isn't it right that you should call out hate speech and bigotry? The struggle is so very real, my friends. With this context in mind, when I examine cancel culture, I see the very real desire of folks who have historically been oppressed to say, hey, wait a minute, we have a new tool called social media and we're gonna use it to call attention to your awful behavior in an effort to get you to change. And for some, change might not be the ultimate goal. Canceling a person or a company out of their life might be out of sheer exhaustion from seeing bigotry and discrimination over and over again. I am one of those exhausted people. I am tired. In my role with a community-based nonprofit working on the front lines of social justice, I am tired of fighting in a system predicated on the idea that some humans are more worthy and others are less worthy based on their class, race, gender, ability, or some other status marker. Even in my work in the nonprofit sector, we accept the patronage from and often participate in the propagation of the notion that those who have social status somehow reflect the goal of where everyone should strive towards, making ourselves complicit in the perpetuation of the very same power structures that are propagating these injustices that we're fighting against. As a person of faith, understanding how to navigate this complex dynamic from within a faith perspective is 
also super important to me. Our faith is rooted in social justice, and we are called upon to fight for social justice whenever and wherever we can. So how do we do that? And most importantly, how do we hold ourselves and the systems we create accountable? Our faith is also a faith that places great value on diversity and plurality of thought, ideas, cultures, wisdom, abilities, every facet of human existence. So I find myself wondering, how can I do this work in a way that is authentic, true to myself, and rooted in the values of my faith? Cancel culture, while the easy answer is not the right answer for me, if for no other reason than simply because so many of us are in some way working through our own internalized oppression. And these experiences within our individual context are very real for us. So for example, our parents and our elders, they come with their own internalized oppression and perhaps they're not woke enough for us, but they may have their own stories of oppression that are still untold and unheard. If we look at our entire community from a historical perspective, right, we have encountered a tremendous amount of oppression ourselves, 1,400 years of it, right from Imam Ali. Think about that. Think about that history where our ancestors had to go into hiding during periods of Dore Sathar and the post-Alamot period, or more recently even, where we have had generations of Ismailis in Tajikistan and Central Asia who were not even free to practice their faith until the mid-1990s. These are just some examples of the colonization our great-grandparents and some of our grandparents encountered, right? So is it really any surprise that they want to keep their head down and not make many waves? Our elders have been taught that if you assimilate, you survive. That is their lived experience. We can't cancel them out or dismiss that. And in that same very way, they and our peers cannot dismiss our very real experience in the United States of growing up in a time of great economic uncertainty, in a nation that has been at war for almost 20 years, with the increasing tribalism and political polarization that we're experiencing and not to mention the stark inequalities that have been laid bare before us. However, playing the oppression Olympics that is arguing about who is more oppressed and who was able to overcome oppression is a tactic of distraction that helps maintain the status quo. I share all of this to ultimately say that in doing the work of social justice, I have learned that you need allies. I cannot do this on my own. 
And I can't cancel everyone I disagree with or who isn't moving fast enough for me. I can't cancel them out. It's inevitable that at some point, someone will inadvertently offend me or hurt me or vice versa. We are only human after all. In that same vein, I think a lot about growth, evolution, and responsibility. It's important for people to take responsibility for their past actions. Cancel culture, on the other hand, does the opposite. It doesn't give the person being called out and canceled an opportunity to take responsibility or make amends. There is no restorative justice in cancel culture. Do I really want to be part of something where there is no room for compassion and restorative justice? And it's concerning, right? Like, what does it say about the state of society and us as a people that we can't find a way to disagree anymore? That instead of being able to come together with open minds and articulate sound reasoning and arguments about why we may disagree with someone, we'd rather just cancel them out completely. We have a choice about whether we want to participate in a mechanism that is lending to the increased polarization of society. I don't have all the answers, but one thing I do know is that when you cancel people, you often end up making them even more entrenched in their opinion. This only serves to undermine progress and change. For me, the main issue with cancel culture is that we lose valuable opportunities to educate and bring folks along with us. Instead of calling out people by shaming them, what would it look like if we were to take time to explain why what they said was hurtful or problematic? And we must try to bring as many people as possible along with us, for there is great power in the collective. We need to create space for people to be able to evolve and grow. If we create avenues for folks to acknowledge mistakes and participate in restorative justice, we create a space for them to become stakeholders in the solution. Now, I don't want to be naive about this. I acknowledge that some people have less than good intentions and are simply trying to instigate conflict for attention or other motives. However, as much as we want to, we can't change them. But we do have agency over how we react. And we can use that as an opportunity to shift the narrative towards facts and education. Ultimately, the most important thing that I try to remind myself when I contemplate canceling someone is that when we get into this mindset where we are silencing voices of dissent, demanding absolute conformity, where freedom of thought and opposing ideas are viewed with contempt, those are the features of totalitarianism. And isn't that the very opposite of what we want? So then what would differentiate us from the very systems we seek to overcome? For fresh episodes of The Reflect, visit our website at the.ismiley slash The Reflect. Did you know The Ismiley now has a podcast? You can find this series along with much more by searching for The Ismaili Podcast on all major podcast platforms. 
including Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Just subscribe for new episodes. Thank you.